Hello, happy Monday, everybody. This is episode four of Highway Seminary. As always, I am Kimberly, and I'm hoping one day to add my husband to this, Um, but at the moment, things are a bit crazy, as you may have noticed from us not having posted uh, episode last week, an episode last week. Um, So I apologize for that, for one. Um, It was probably the strangest two weeks of my life. Um, We celebrated my husband's birthday, my son's birthday in September. And then one day we woke up and this cat, it's a little baby kitten, shows up at our door. And normally I am so allergic to cats that I end up at the doctor's office or in the hospital. Um, I have asthma, and being allergic to cats triggers all of my symptoms. Um, So, like, my throat closes up, uh, my lungs fill up with fluid, my eyes swell, my nose is, my nose is, my nose starts running, which causes more fluid to go into my chest, and it's just not a good time, but Somehow, I only had minor symptoms to this cat all of a sudden. And, you know, uh, it started, he was just standing at our door meowing one morning. And I was going to go take him some food, take a picture, post it online, see if anybody was missing a cat. And the thing just ran in my house. (laughs) So, um. We did end up taking care of the cat. Nobody claimed him or anything. And unfortunately, the cat has since passed away. Um, Our larger dog, which we didn't consider an issue. We have a big Labradane that my husband rescued at the beginning of COVID when everybody was getting rid of their animals for fear that they could transfer the disease. Um, My husband adopted this great big Labradane with joint problems, um, who really needed a home that could take care of him and get him his medicine and everything and do his regular checkups to check the degeneration of his, of his, uh, hip joints and everything. But, um, he was so passive about the whole thing, uh, that we didn't consider him a threat. And then one day out of the blue, he just attacked the poor little kitten and he unfortunately did not make it. And he is currently digging through my trash. So that's great. Um, and anyway, we went through morning of Fat Cat like you wouldn't believe. Um, he was only here for a really short time. But he was so close and such an integral part of the family. And then we turned right back around and had my birthday and mine and my husband's anniversary. So, (coughs) and now I'm sick with asthma symptoms without a cat. Um, so like I said, that's why we haven't been able to post anything in the past week because it's just been a weird time between celebrating and mourning and Um, It really brings to mind the verse that there is a time for everything. There's a time for the celebrating and a time for the mourning. And I feel like uh, 
God allowed us to give that animal something special before he had to be taken. And I'm still really, really sad about it, so I'm going to move on. Um, but like I said, this past week um, has been our wedding anniversary, so I'm going to talk about 1 Corinthians 7. <coughs> oh, goodness. <coughs> I'm so sorry, guys. Uh, but as I was saying, um, nobody's messaging me still. Um, I would really love to hear your prayer requests and your praise reports, you guys. Um, my praise report this week would obviously be that we have all come around another year and are enjoying our 10th year together as me and my husband and my son who just celebrated his birthday was a NICU baby. So the fact that he made it to three years or to two years old, I'm sorry, I'm aging him to two years old is a miracle in and of itself. Um, he doesn't have any health problems right now. It's just a very rough beginning. <laughs> And so we've all come around the sun again, and we're heading around to do it again. <coughs> and uh, so while I'm still breathing, we're going to move on to our lesson today, which I thought it would be nice to talk about marriage. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Let's talk about marriage since this was my anniversary. And um, I really like the way Paul writes in to the Corinthian church. <clears throat> oh my goodness. Um, so we all know Paul um, was actually a person who was sent out to persecute Christians. He was very much not a nice guy to the Christian church. Um, and he um, was sent after Christ had died. And he had the dream where he was before the stairway to heaven. I'm so sorry, you guys. And um, <clears throat> just caught fire for God and just... I mean, every ounce of him just dripped with passion for the Lord. I would love to catch some of that fire. <coughs> I would love for my husband to catch some of that fire. Um, and I really like Paul speaking in particular because as a woman, Paul had some really radical ideas about equality. <coughs> oh, excuse me. I'm going to have to pause and get me a drink. Whew. Somebody needs to hear this because the devil is on the attack today. 
I have got me some water. I'm hoping I'm able to, I'm praying that God would get me through this. Because somebody's needing to hear it. Because I'm getting the devils on all sides today. Okay. So. Paul had some radical ideas about equality. And might not seem so radical today, but even Jesus' own disciples were very traditional when it came to women in the church. Peter even going so far to say as women should not speak in the church. Um that if women had questions, they should come to their husbands afterwards in their own homes. But Paul comes and he says, yeah, men were created first, but then every man after came from a woman. Leveling the playing field, essentially. And so he very much, for the rest of his preaching for the most part. I'm not going to say all of them are feminist views, but um, as far as marriage, I would say it's very much radical for this day and time that it was written. Um, and this is First Corinthians was a letter to the church in Corinth. He had received a letter asking about um, you know, the do's and don'ts, and they would have questions about, uh, you know, marriage, sexual immorality. Um, from my understanding, Corinth was wealthy with prostitutes. Um, so these sort of questions would come up in a church in this location. And First Corinthians is him taking the time to write back to the church his advice in response to their questions. Um, <clears throat> and I'm going to go back to chapter 6 for a second just to talk about sexual immorality for a second. <clears throat> because um, when a man and a woman are together, excuse me, goodness, are together, their flesh becomes one. Religiously, in the eyes of God, their flesh is one. <coughs> and so that's why it says here that um, you shouldn't, um, you know, do that before you're married. You shouldn't be sexually immoral because you are married in the eyes of God when you consummate. Goodness gracious. I'm going to get through this, you guys. God is going to get me through this. <clears throat> and this is where he mentions that your body is a temple. So, if you become one flesh with someone you are not spiritually yoked with, you are not married to, or you are not planning to marry, not that you should do it beforehand, but after that act, it's pretty much done in the eyes of God. Um, 
is because <clears throat> sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. And your body is the temple of God because God, after Christ died and sent his spirit to live within us, our body became the temple for the Holy Spirit to live in, much as Solomon's temple had the Holy of Holies where God would come down. And the tent in the desert <clears throat> also had a Holy of Holies where God would come down and speak to Moses. Our body is now that Holy of Holies because Christ lives in us through the Holy Spirit. We are a temple. And sexual immorality, unlike other sins, is a sin that you commit against yourself. <coughs> Cursing somebody, lusting after somebody, is all outward. It's, it's other people. It's being malicious towards other people. Sexual immorality is inward. I guess lusting would be inward too. I might have, you know what? Y'all know I'm crazy anyway. You should just hear my last episode. I had no idea what I was talking about about Daniel, but God said I needed to say it, so I said it. <clears throat> so we know that in the eyes of God, you're married after that act. And we now know that your body is a temple. We also know that Paul says that men and women are pretty equal for the most part. So now we move down to marriage. And Paul has some interesting thoughts on marriage. He pretty much says, don't get married. <coughs> but he said, since there is so much immorality... And since there is so much temptation, God has allowed a man and woman to intermarry. And for that purpose, also continue on the population of earth. Um, one of our marriage conferences <clears throat> that we went to a few years ago mentioned in Genesis, God says to go forth and multiply. And that is, he, he literally said, the preacher that was speaking that night said everybody asks what the meaning of life is is it 42 is it apple pie is it I don't even know but it literally says right there in Genesis go forth and multiply you're literally on the earth to do God's work and have children and that's just how it is. You do God's work. And then you have children so that they can go on, continue the population of earth, and do more work for the Lord. <coughs> and not to say that we're just mindless baby machines. Because we are given free choice. We are given the opportunity to choose not to marry. We are given um, freedom... Of will. And actually, Paul does not marry. And he says that he wished everybody could be like him because he has no other worries to worry about than God. He doesn't have a wife to worry about or kids to worry about. And he says, if you can 
subdue the temptation and would not be lusted by that um, gift. <clears throat> that you should also not marry. That you should do God's work. You should be the go forth of the go forth and multiply. You could do so much more works for God if you only had heavenly things to worry about. If you did not have the earthly things of pleasing a spouse or child. <clears throat> and he says, widows and widowers, if you also can resist temptation, you should also not marry. You have married and unfortunately lost your significant other. And if you do not marry, or if you do not remarry, I should say, you have your whole life from that point forward to give to God. But he says that that is not the only right thing to do. He says being married is right, but putting forth all your time and effort for God is better. But because of temptation, God has given us marriage. And I, like, like I said, I don't necessarily like that it's just for temptation because it's also for companionship and obviously for the multiply part that I mentioned earlier. And I love being married because I have always got a support system. I've always got a friend. I have always got a shoulder to cry on. <coughs> oh my goodness, I'm sorry. And for that reason, I fall under the percentage that God has blessed with marriage. And I am eternally grateful for that because I love my husband more than words can say. <coughs> but we should recognize that God gives us marriage. And as believers, he also says, if you are believers, you should not divorce at all. He said that there's no reason. Well, I mean, obviously, besides like abuse and stuff that has... Other books of the Bible mention that, but it says, <coughs> I'm so sorry. If, if what? It says, a wife must not separate from her husband. And later on it says, and a husband must not divorce his wife. And then it goes on to speak about marriage with unbelievers. And it says, if the unbeliever is willing to live with you, you must not divorce them. If they choose to leave, that is their prerogative as a non-believer. To not view God's sanctity of the bond of marriage and leave. <clears throat> but the believer, understanding God's sanctity of marriage and being spiritually yoked, should remain married. You should not divorce to become like Paul and be this unmarried, 
bachelor of godly prowess. <coughs> because in the very next passage, he mentions that you should remain the way you are as you are called. When you find Christ, if you're married, remain married. If you're unmarried, obviously, you can marry because God has given us marriage. If you're free, you remain free. If you're a slave, you remain a slave. You should be contented where you are, but obviously, if you're given freedom, you're allowed to take it. If you're uncircumcised when you found Jesus, cool. If you're circumcised when you found Jesus, cool. Everything went out the window as far as circumcision and a bunch of other stuff, actually. But all that went out the window when Christ died. You know, the daily sacrifice, the circumcision stuff. When Gentiles came into the church, a lot of stuff went out the window because a lot of stuff was there for tradition's sake. Yes, the covenant of God meant and still means something. It is still a covenant. But when Jesus died for your sins, he also died for the fact that you don't have to make animal sacrifices anymore. And you don't have to cut your body to make a covenant with him. And, I mean, our kids are circumcised. like it, But you don't have to be. Uh, my husband knew a man that was uncircumcised, but also a Christian, and he felt really guilty about it, but he kind of didn't, also didn't want to, you know, go under the knife. Because, as you may not know, you are not sedated for a circumcision. Um, which is why they normally do it at, like, two, three days old. And so you don't remember it. But, I was not going to go off on a tangent about circumcision, but there you go, I did it. He goes on. Oh my goodness, I am so sorry. He goes on to mention about virgins and how you should treat virgins correctly. And um, if you do make the choice to remain as Paul, like he says he wishes everyone was as he is then you should respectfully release the virgin before marriage, obviously. (coughs) And it also, I mean, this chapter is just full of marriage advice, like, um, Don't deprive each other except by mutual consent for a time. So you may devote yourself to prayer and then come together again so Satan will not tempt you. Which is another self-control passage. It also says, though, that things of this world are passing away. Because if you view eternity the way Christians do... And you understand that this world is just the first second. Your whole life on this world is the first second of your eternal life. 
Um, so don't, and what I, what I, what I feel like he means by this is don't place your spouse above everything else. Like, obviously your spouse is going to have a huge place in your life. Probably very, 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 very close to the top. But on that top, it should not be your spouse. It should be God. Because this world is fleeting. And the Bible mentions, actually, Jesus said in red letters, there are no husbands and wives in heaven. Which makes a lot of sense because what would widows who had remarried do? Um... So, God gave you your spouse to be your almost everything. But this world is the very first second in your eternal life. (coughs) And I've mentioned some stuff that I wasn't going to mention. And I mentioned a lot of weird stuff that went along with it. Because I was just kind of going through the chapter and I didn't take notes. You guys know that I'm terrible at taking notes. I didn't take any today because it has been a weird two weeks and I'm sick today. So, (coughs) no, I did not actually take notes, which is why there's some weird tangents about circumcision and, um, you know, not getting married, which is a weird thing to say on a marriage podcast, a marriage episode of a podcast. But basically, I would, I was on the road to pointing out to highlight that Paul pretty much has said that men and women are equal. Um, You know, obviously, biblically, the man is the head of the household and everything, but Paul also says that men came first, but all other men came from women. And then goes forward to mention all these things about marriage pretty equally. Um, And also, you know, that um, you become one flesh once you're married. And that flesh is a temple. So you and your husband are a temple for the Lord. And you should not sully that temple, that is now shared between you. (coughs) Because as one flesh, it also becomes one temple. And you belong to each other, not in a property, like you're mine, you're going to do as I say type thing, but as a mutual respect and love and admiration type belonging. And while Paul says he wishes that everyone would be like him and just devote their entire lives to the Lord, that would defeat the purpose of marriage. So you are free to partake in marriage. And thankfully, a lot of people do. And thankfully, I am one of those people. And I see marriage as a beautiful gift. I do see where Paul is coming from. But I do see the other side of it as I not only have worldly things to worry about, but I also have a worldly partner to share in my work for the Lord. Like, I'm a stay-at-home mom. 
for one. So my husband's job has paid for this phone that I'm doing this podcast on, the internet I'm using to broadcast it, the microphone that is clipped to my shirt. Uh, well, I was going to say the Bible, but the Bible was actually a gift from my mom, so I guess not. Um, <laughs> um, his job has helped us um, do blessing bags for homeless people. Um, he takes us to church. We encourage each other to better ourselves for the Lord. Um, we can remind each other to do our Bible studies. We can encourage each other when we're just in that dark place where we don't feel like we can worship. We don't feel like we can put forth the positivity to worship and be thankful. And, you know, we're there for each other through that. So, whereas if I wasn't married and was, you know, dedicating my whole life to the Lord, I would probably have friends, you know. I'm sure Paul had friends. Well, I mean, I know he did because he wrote a bunch of the books of the Bible writing to his friends. (coughs) But... It's not quite the same as this as this one person that is there through every single inch of it, you know? And he is. He is there through all of it. So if you are married, then just take a moment and be thankful for your spouse and be thankful for the gift of marriage that God has given us and that it is so much more than just multiply. Because that's hard enough as it is. <laughs> we have got three little rugrats running around. And oh my goodness, they are all three boys and two are redhead. Can you imagine <laughs> the amount of trouble that they get in? Because I'll tell you, every single joke about redheaded people is <laughs> true. I had absolutely no problems out of my blonde baby. He's got a temper, but calmest thing ever always went to bed on time we slept in it was wonderful two redheads walk through my house banging everything within reach with a baseball bat I mean I can't even it's hilarious but it's difficult and it's hard enough getting through the multiply but God has given us a spouse to fulfill all of our needs all of our earthly needs so there's a lot of other stuff in here about you don't have to be married you don't have to be circumcised but The way that he speaks of marriage as equality, as two becoming one flesh, and that one flesh mutually surviving and living and loving just really spoke to me. It's 
not the best romance chapter in the Bible. I mean, I could have gone on a tangent about Song of Songs or 1 Corinthians 13, which is a few pages over. But um, I don't know. 1 Corinthians 7, it's just sort of the lay of the land as far as marriage goes and why we were given marriage and his views on remaining unmarried sort of sparked my view of all the blessings that marriage offers. But I will flip over to 1 Corinthians 13. Because I will remind you that marriage involves love. As I have said in pertaining to 1 Corinthians 7. But we all know 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not proud or rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And I was always taught that pertaining to how you treat others, including your spouse, but how you should treat everyone should be in relation to that passage. Everywhere that it says it or love, you should be able to insert your name. Kimberly is patient. Kimberly is kind. She does not envy. She does not boast. She is not proud. She is not rude. She is not self-seeking. She is not easily angered. She keeps no records of wrongs. Kimberly does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. She always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Kimberly never fails. And, well, as far as the never fails things, like, everybody's going to fail. But, you shouldn't fail where you can help it. You shouldn't fail your loved ones as far as loving them. So, keep that in mind the next time you go to act towards your spouse. Because as lovely and wonderful and beautiful as it is to always have somebody in your corner that always means that the same person is around 24-7 especially when you're not in a good mood which um to be honest I've had several days this week where I just was not in a good mood and I was not living up to this passage but I just have to remind myself I am kind I am not rude I am not self-seeking, and I am not easily angered. And all those things I failed this week. But, try, try So, as my battery's dying and my throat is burning, I am going to go ahead and close on this new weird wonderful episode of highway seminary um let's be honest it wasn't as weird as the last one 
I mean, completely honest. I at least knew what I was talking about here. Um, and I do encourage you to go back and listen to um, the Daniel Prophecy. And I encourage you to read it yourself. Um, maybe find a few videos about the Daniel Prophecy. Don't just take my word for it. It just... God laid it on my heart that it needed to be done. And I know I did not do it justice. I know I do not know enough about that prophecy. But um, I felt like it was meant for somebody to hear. Um, maybe it was just me. Maybe it was meant for my ears, for me to hear, for me to study. Um, but putting it out on the podcast meant that I had to study it. Um, at least a little bit. Um, because as you see, I still don't fully understand it. Um I think a lot of it was weird in the way that I described it. And I know there are other people out there that could do a lot better job. So if it's something that interested you, um, even if it didn't, I mean, like, at least go read it. Um, because it is interesting. And up until the point where he breaks off into talking about the future 666 Antichrist. Um, it was the most accurate biblical prophecy to date. Um, every single thing that he had said about the Persian kings and everything after came to pass exactly as it was foretold. Um, it is the most historically accurate and well whatever prophecy um that is undisputable was a word that I was looking for prophecy that is out there um and then it sort of parallels into how that relates to the end times antichrist and it's a weird episode I know but I just felt like God was laying it on my heart to bring about the um Daniel Prophecy, um, because of the parallels of the ancient king to the Antichrist. But that's not what I'm talking about today. So I was going to end two days um, by wishing my spouse a happy anniversary. Um, I know it's over by now, but, um, you know, happy anniversary anyway. And as far as prayer requests, um, I guess that's um, <laughs> pretty obvious. Pray for my health this week. Um, also, I'm going to ask that you pray for us going forward, that we would continue to fight these attacks from the devils and continue from the devils. Like, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Um, that we would continue to fight these attacks from the devil and continue to be able to make this weird and wacky podcast for you all to probably laugh at, to be honest. But, um, so we'll close in prayer because I'm going to die. My phone's going to die in a minute. Um, so, dear Lord, we come to you today and ask that you cover everyone who is within ear's reach of this podcast with the blood of Jesus, Lord, that you would bless them and that you would keep
keep them close to you and that you would light their fires and that we would all be lit in inside, that we would have the Holy Ghost fire as strongly as Paul did, and that we would be on fire for God so strongly that we would all need nothing more than to go out and go forth. And we ask tonight that you heal me, heal my bodily sufferings, Lord, and that you be with me and my family as we go forward, that our schedules could level out, that our lives would be a little less crazy, and that we would continue to find time to honor and worship you through studying your word, through sharing your word, through teaching our children your word, Lord. And we want to thank you for every opportunity that you have given us to share your word with those listening and with our own children and family, Lord. And thank you for the for all that you have blessed us to have been able to do in your name and for your honor, Lord. And we ask that you keep the listeners happy and healthy and that you keep us happy and healthy, Lord. And that we would all be able to continue in your name, in your works. Amen. So... I hope you all have a weird and wacky, wonderful week. And I promise one of these days, I'm going to come on here and I'm going to have thorough notes. And I'm going to quit jumping around and going on tangents, but it may not be for a long, long time.